0: Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of the Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hello, hello, hello. This is Autumn with the Autumn Mile Show. Welcome. It is that time of your day. Um, We love you guys so much. We love hearing from you. And we are praying for you. We have got an awesome opportunity for you guys. Listen, uh, sometimes people don't like to ask for money, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, We need it. We need it to keep our show on the air. We need it to expand. Um, If, 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 if God has laid our ministry on your heart ever um, or, you know, you've just been encouraged by something that you've heard, I encourage you um, to donate. You can go to autumnaz.com and give us a donation. Uh, listen, I sometimes I joke about it and, uh, you know, I try to make light of it. But j- just at the end of the day, there are bills that come due that we somebody's got to pay them, (laughs) and they come to us. Um, And we would really, really, really um, be so grateful if you would donate to what we are doing. Why would you donate to the Autumn Mile Show? Why would you ever do that? Well, God has given us a mission to spiritually challenge the way people think. Um, The mission of the Autumn Mile Show specifically is to be bold about truth, bold truth and raw faith, you'll hear me say a lot. We want to be, we want to be a light that um, this world needs. We want to proclaim the truth of God's word. The truth, the truth, the truth, the truth will set you free. Bold truth. And we also want to encourage faith in your life. I. We do not need comfortable, comfortable believers out there, y'all. We need people that are going to step out that are going to do the hard thing because God asked them to do it. We need Joshua's. We need Moses's um, who admit to the Lord. I'm scared. I'm scared about this thing that you're asking me to do. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it raw, but I'm going to trust you with faith, raw faith, bold truth, and raw faith we talk about. I I really sometimes think us Christian easy people that have been in the, the, church forever. I really believe that we have learned the art of telling people we're stepping out in faith but actually not doing it. Time to wake up. That's what we're going to talk about today. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Now, if you're listening to a podcast and it's first thing in the morning, like legit wake up because I want you to hear what um what I'm I'm going to say. Um Wake up. I wrote in my first book, Appointed, that came out in 2014, which, by the way, I'm going to release another one here this year. Thank you, Jesus. I wrote about this idea of hibernation, and that book was about purpose and stuff like that. But I wrote about this idea, and I'm still very much committed to what I wrote about in this book. Um, I, I truly believe, especially because I'm in the thick of it, especially because we're on the front lines doing this ministry thing. I see all the time, man, I've had this desire in my heart for a long time, but don't believe I actually could do this desire that's in my heart. And and it comes to a point in our lives that maybe God has asked us to do something that we Hibernate it. It's still there, but it's asleep. And I and I talk about in my first book um, how how many people, Christians that have the power, the resurrection power of King Jesus living in them that could accomplish that thing that he's asked them to do but have put it to sleep out of doubt, fear, whatever it is. I talk about this concept of just you, your dreams being in hibernation. And I, this has really sort of come to the forefront, even though it's four years later. It's coming to the forefront in my mind very recently. I, I do not want, I know me personally, I do not want to live my life Allowing an area in my life to be asleep. I want to be fully awake, fully alert for the power um, of the Lord to be manifested in my life. Fully awake fully alert. If God wants to do something in me but it's scary, I want that part of me to wake up and to be utilized by the power of Christ. And so that's that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. Time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Wake up passions that God has given you that you have allowed to um to hibernate. That you have allowed to go to sleep. I want them to wake up today. You know, I I have a um Two-year-old, almost three-year-old. Actually, I think this is actually going to air on his third birthday. So I think he's probably three today, I think. <laughs> um, I have this three-year-old son. His name is Moses Ezekiel Miles. You have heard me talk about him a lot. Now, Moses, he runs 90 miles an hour um, all day long. And then at 7 o'clock, we put him to sleep. Our kids' bedtimes are staggered. 7 o'clock for the babies, 8 o'clock for my 9-year-old, 9 o'clock because Miss Thing is a preteen now. Um, and so she gets to go to bed at 9 o'clock, which she just thinks is like the best thing of all time. My 9-year-old hates it, but um, it doesn't really matter because that's the rule. So my, my my Moses will go to bed at 7, and, you know, sometimes it's a struggle to put him down, but um, but, you know, he understands he's got to go down. every morning. This kid has got an internal clock that is like a bell tower. Okay. 5.30 every morning. It's like gong, gong, gong. The kid is up. He runs into our room every single day and he likes the show on TV. Oh, my goodness. I can't think of it right now. Word Party. Word Party is the name of the show. He will run into my husband and I's room jump on our bed and he's word party word party now I don't know about you but at 530 in the morning I ain't trying to watch word party you know like like I've got to prepare my mentally for the day that God has ahead of me and how am I going to handle all these tasks you know but he comes in and this boy my my son is fully awake every piece of him is awake mommy you want to play mommy you want to watch word party mommy you want to do this rarely do we get him to lay down in the bed with us and just kind of chill while we ourselves, as old as we are, allow ourselves to wake up. He is fully awake. He's hungry. He's thirsty. He's got to go potty. He, he wants to watch TV. He wants to play with his cars. Fully, fully awake. And as, as he came into my room the other day and he jumped on my bed and was like flicking my face trying to wake me up, um, I realized something. That is how we should be as Believers. We should be alert. We should be awake, willing and ready to be used by the Lord at any time in, in that, that he wants to use us fully awake. However, we have allowed doubt, fear, whatever it is to hibernate things that God wants to way, oh, 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 wake up inside of us. I want you to I'm going to I'm going to challenge you with the word here in just a second out of Luke eight. I want you to wake those things up some uh, uh, on a different side of waking things up. Some of us need to wake up things like self-control. Some of us are living our lives and we don't we're saying whatever we want. We're doing whatever we want. We have the power of, of, of the living God inside of us, but we're still operating as if we don't and we're living a life. That, um, that is not a good representation of the love of Jesus Christ. Some of us, God, God bless you. God love you. Some of us need to wake up self-control. We need to control what we say. We need to watch how we respond, how we act. We need to filter everything through the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Some of us need to wake up love. You've been burnt in the past. And it's really, really hard for you to connect and it's hard for you to love. Maybe you're someone that's listening today that you've been divorced. I hear this a lot. I have been divorced um, and I've remarried to the love of my life almost 14 years. We're we're going on almost 14 years. But there was things in me that I was keeping from my my new husband. New husband is kind of relative because we've been married 14 years. But I was keeping it from him because of the hurt I had experienced in my first um, marriage. I had to relearn. My own definition of love, based on the cross. Some of us need to wake that up. We need to risk a little bit. Forgiveness, wake up forgiveness in your life. You know, it's it's I, I I've heard this said multiple times in the past couple of weeks. You know, God is not just for our our Sunday morning and you know the the, the spiritual box in our life. God wants to infiltrate every single area of your life. And if Jesus is truly doing that, forgiveness will be awake in you. Don't hold a grudge. If you're a Christian, don't hold a grudge and tell people you're holding a grudge and then say that you're a Christian because that is not a good representation of who Jesus is. Wake up forgiveness in your life today. Gentleness. Now this is something um, that is, that is important. Kindness, you know, these, these things that we don't even think need to be woken up. They absolutely do. In order to embody, um, uh, Jesus Christ fully and represent him well, self-control, kindness, the fruit of the spirit must be awake in our lives. You're missing it. If you allow some of these disciplines, some of these um, pieces of the fruit of the spirit, you're missing it if you don't allow them to awake. So um, to, uh, my message is twofold today. Some of us need to wake up to dreams and 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 things that God is asking us to do. We need to wake them up. We need to silence the fear. We need to silence the doubt. And, and, and uh, the, the second part of this is some of us need to wake up. Things, disciplines in our lives that are not representing Jesus. I want you to um, go with me to Luke eight today, and I'm going to read this passage of scripture. I love this passage of scripture. It's right after uh, the woman was healed from the issue of blood. We've heard that preached on a lot, um, and this is this is not going to be about it, but it's right after it in the scripture. Let me let me read this to you. Let's see. Where are we going to start let's start in verse let's start in verse 40 i'm going to read this whole passage to you today we're going to talk about just 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 read about the woman with the issue of blood and jesus returned and as jesus returned people welcomed him for they had been waiting for him anyone waiting for jesus out there today oh man They've been waiting for him. Anyone waiting for something out there today? And you know that Jesus got to be a part of it in order for you to see it. He's coming, just like he came. And there came a man named Jarius, and he was an official of the synagogue. And he fell at Jesus' feet and began to implore him to come to his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years old. Now, I have a 12-year-old daughter. So I understand Jarius doing whatever he can to, um, to get to Jesus. I have a 12-year-old precious girl. And she was dying. But as he went, the crowds were pressing against him and a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years. Very interesting that she had been hemorrhaging as old as Jarius' daughter was alive. And we'll talk about that one day. That's a really good point. And could not be healed by anyone. Came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak, and immediately the hemorrhage stopped. And Jesus said, who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing in on you. And Jesus said, someone touched me. When the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling, falling before him, declared the presence of all the people, the reason why she had touched him, and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has been made well. Go in peace. Now, Jarius is watching this happen. Verse 40 says, 41, And there came a man named Jarius, an official of the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet and began to implore him to come to his house. So Jarius is, it says, fell at Jesus' feet. So he may be still on his feet watching the commotion of the woman who had been healed from the issue of blood and and, and the woman who had been healed from the issue of blood proudly proclaimed and told everyone listen this is why i touched him i did touch him jarius sees this okay he 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 is an eyewitness to this event so so the woman was healed from the issue of blood 49 all of a sudden, uh, uh, Jesus' attention goes back on Jarius. He didn't forget. He didn't forget. How many of you guys have been um, asking for something, for God to do something in your life, and then, um, you know, something comes up and there's, there's an even... it it almost seems like there's a a bigger trial that sort of uh, arises and uh, your prayers are shifted or you you just notice that you're not praying as hard for the thing that you had been praying for because there is another thing that you believe that Jesus needs to take care of in your life. You still have the first request. You're still on your feet before Jesus about the first request, but something else has happened um, and you feel like Jesus needs to take care of it. And he does. He doesn't forget our, our first request, something you've been praying for for a long time, maybe maybe waiting and watching Jesus work in other people's lives. He has not forgotten your request. So his attention goes right back on Jarius. While he was still speaking, someone from the house of the synagogue official, your daughter has died. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. So Jarius is down on his knees and he's looking He's, he's begging Jesus, come help my 12-year-old daughter. A synagogue official approaches him and says, hey, hey, don't trouble this teacher any longer. Don't talk to him anymore. She's dead. It's over. Um, nothing else is going to happen. Nothing is, it, it's gone. Your, your hope is lost. It, it's time to give up. But when, v- verse 50, but when Jesus heard this, he answered him don't be afraid any longer, only believe and she will be made well. I find it super interesting that Jesus was listening to the counsel of the synagogue official. Now, Jesus is Jesus and he can do everything, but I just, just the story here is so captivating to me. He doesn't, When Jarius first presents himself to Jesus, Jesus doesn't intervene. He heals somebody else. Jesus intervenes with Jarius and speaks to Jarius when he is given bad counsel because he was listening to the counsel. I wonder how many conversations. Now, Jarius could have looked at at the synagogue official and said, you're right, she's dead, there's nothing I can do, and, and left. But Jesus interjected his power right at the moment that Jarius' faith would have failed. He says, do not be afraid any longer, only believe and she will be made well. What kind of conversations is Jesus listening to in your life? I can tell you, um, Satan tries to work through people all the time. He tries to impress them. He tempts people to say things to people to discourage them. There's been many times when people in my life they don't even know it, but but they'll say something that that is so anti what the spirit of God is telling me they don't they don't a lot of times they don't even know that they're saying it but we have to be careful about who we're listening to Jarius was doing the right thing he went straight to the source he went straight to Jesus and then when when he was given an awful report the temptation in that moment would be to forsake the faith that he was putting in Jesus and listen to the synagogue official but Jesus intervened right then. I wonder how many of your conversations are filled with the power of God. How many of your friends are actually saying, you know what? We're going to speak to this mountain. We are going to fight this out for you. We are going to believe until we can believe any longer. Now, God is going to do what he's going to do, but it is our job as believers that know that we house the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It is our job. If God says he is the God of the impossible, we're to believe he can do the impossible. I wonder how many of us would have sat and would have believed the synagogue official and would have turned around and would have gone back and buried our daughter and not listened to Jesus, who stepped in and said, Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me stop this conversation right now. Don't be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. How many of us, with the things in our lives. Have listened to the synagogue official say, it's dead. Move on. Don't bother him any longer. Don't bother Jesus any longer about this. This is ridiculous. It's gone. The time has passed. How many of us have listened to the synagogue official and taken the synagogue official's word and then gone home and buried something? Jesus didn't bury it. Jesus said, Only believe and she'll be made well. On the influence of someone else, we have buried something that God did not kill. We did. On the influence of the synagogue official, we have taken a dream, a desire. We have taken something and we have put it to rest when God wants you to don't be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. God is speaking in total contradiction of the synagogue official. Why? Because he he, he overheard what the synagogue official was saying. How many of us, this is so convicting, how many of us believe the synagogue official? And as soon as they speak, our faith fails. But Jesus intervened right then. Don't don't be afraid. I know what you heard from the synagogue official. Only believe and she will be made well. How many of us have buried things that are just sleeping? How many of us have thrown a funeral funeral for something in our lives that is just hibernating. It's time to wake up. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, James, John, and the girl's father and mother. Now they're all weeping and lamenting for her, but he said, stop weeping, for she has not died. She's asleep. How many of us? Are weeping over something that's not dead. Just sleeping. It's not dead. That dream, that dream, that thing is not dead. Just sleeping. And yet you're weeping and and mourning and lamenting over it as if it were. It's not dead. It's just sleeping. You've given a given in a funeral on your own authority, but certainly not on God's. And Jesus is stepping into your room, and I believe stepping into your soul and stepping into your spirit right now. Um, And he is saying, stop weeping. Stop complaining. Stop burying that thing. I'm about to do something. It seems like if it is impossible, it seems as if no one is going to, uh, nothing, nothing can happen, but I am the God of the impossible. Stop weeping for she has not died, but she is asleep. And they began laughing at him. The synagogue officials, they'll laugh at what Jesus does. That's okay. They can laugh. And God can take it because he definitely has the final word. They began laughing at him knowing that she had died. However, he took her by the hand and he called saying, child arise. And her spirit returned and she got up immediately and she gave orders. He gave orders for her to be given something to eat. Child arise. Child arise. Child arise. I don't know what it is that you have maybe hibernated or maybe even killed, just to be blunt. But don't you listen to that synagogue official and disrespect and disregard what the Bible says about God wanting to do something amazing in your life. What have you killed and buried that God says, ah, uh-uh, it's just sleeping? And you know what, child, arise! I want that thing to, uh, to 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 get up and to do exactly what I what what my purpose is for it. Child, arise! Child, arise! This could be a dream. This could be maybe you. Maybe you yourself has have rendered yourself. Um, incapable, unusable, insignificant. And God is speaking out and calling out to you today. And he's saying, child, arise. You're not a has-been. You're not something that, that I'm never going to use. I am going to use you. Child, arise. Don't you dare listen to the synagogue official when God Almighty wants to do something different. Child, arise. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up those areas in your life that God wants to use for his, for his kingdom. Love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow right back here on the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles Program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.